podcasting played nobody i have a question for you why would the playoff selection committee even bother with creating a 25 team list um uh, before you answer that i just want to point out like in what universe and i'm not i'm not against this but our mm -hmm. beloved iowa state cyclones with three losses right yep. texas a&m three losses virginia day three losses yes it's it's always fun to see a ranking in this sport. We do it a lot. But what is the point of 25 teams when you know there's like a realistic chance for, I don't know, seven teams on this list? What's the well, point? <clears throat> well, A, how else are you going to find out how many top 25 wins you have if you don't have 25 teams? And we know that they lean on that stupid... Even though, you know, you could have one one week and then zero the next because one of the teams you beat lost or something. Yeah. Um, we know that they uh, lean on that as one of their little things. They either lean on it be as part of their ranking teams or at least they lean on it for justifying rankings. Uh, but mm -hmm. we know they do that. And the other thing, I mean, the one justification for it, and, and to justify it in this way, you have to justify that there are weekly rankings and the weekly rankings are stupid and unjustifiable. But if you have them, then you basically have to show who's also in contention for the New Year's Six Bowls. Um, and if you have a top 25, you can, you know, New Year's Six, that's 12, that's 12 teams involved. That's half the top 25. You can show some teams that are in contention. And I guess you can hope that at least there, there's at least one group of five team involved so you can say who the, show who the leader is in, yeah. in that race. But all of this, again is unjustifiable because we don't need a, a, a rankings, a weekly ranking at all. And the, the only um, pr product or whatever, the only result of the weekly rankings is people viewing the committee as less, as, as less legitimate because we see the inner workings from week to week and we don't need to. This is podcast name played nobody. It's a college football marriage of numbers and words. That's a robot, Bill Connolly. You can reach him at SBN underscore Bill C. My name is Stephen Godfrey at thirty eight Godfrey. Uh, it's November first. I ate four of the mini Halloween Kit Kats for breakfast. I have no shame. I've had um, two Snickers and a Reese's so far. The, you know what? Since we've had a lot of people kind of join the party over the last year, year and a half, when this nonsense started. Um, you were quick to decry the week-to-week -week format. Um, because it's dumb. Break that down a little bit before we move on to the tasting menu because it is dumb. I, I don't remember. You know what's weird is I remember like the very first playoff ranking that ever came out because it was weird to have Mississippi State and Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I think Mississippi State was first. Ole Miss was fourth. And I couldn't even tell you who else. I mean, that was, that's only because I went to college in Mississippi. Don't that was such a weird that. year that I got on outside the lines to talk about how weird it was. Nice. Um, the, uh, you know, after that, it's all sort of a blur. Um, obviously, the um, the TCU Baylor thing sticks out mm -hmm. um, at five six, and that's sort of it. Um, you know, as far as week to week goes, tracking teams. I know we're going to talk about UCF in a second at twelve, and then as it relates to their game tonight on Thursday, but it it's, I don't know. I, whenever we pull out to 20,000 feet on this discussion, someone wants to point, well, you know, we could have the BCS. Well, yeah, we could, we could have a lot of problems, but, um, and the BCS wouldn't comparing <laughs> something in hindsight to something that was even more flawed <clears throat> does not absolve the current structure from its own, New and it flaws. wasn't even dramatically flawed. Its its flaw was that it could only pick two teams. 
I mean, if you would have, I was, maybe this is heresy. I don't know, Bill. I was fine with the BCS if it was going to seed six four. or four. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I was fine with that. Yeah. And I mean, I it involved the Harris poll. Like, there, there were flaws with the BCS for sure. It involved the Harris poll, which is the dumbest and most just odd Get and un- unjustifiable Get poll. Um, and it involved a bunch of, you know, computer writings that were neutered to not include uh, scoring margin and things that actually, you know, show quality. So hang on, hang on, I mean, hang on, hang on. For those who don't know, because a lot of people aren't familiar with, why is the Harris poll trash? Um, well, it's like I don't. Oh man, who I'm trying to think of some of the people who voted for it. They just it, it's like the it's an offshoot of an offshoot of an offshoot of a poll, uh, and it involves people who aren't part of the AP, aren't part of the coaches poll. It was like a mishmash of what, like retired coaches, I think. Yeah, and it's kind of. A- like it was, it was really, really bad. And a lot of people were grandfathered in, and it was so arbitrary for so long in terms of impact that no one noticed. And then when it was included, and we kind of we said, "Oh, hey, we should actually take a look at who." I'm checking right now to see if there's an active role of voters. Um, it was one of those things that was allowed to exist as just a bizarre picadillo of college football, <laughs> except that. Wait, oh wait, Harris poll. Sorry, I need to put college football. <laughs> it's got a bunch of Trump stuff. Um, oh, it's um, it was fine, like because it was just a weird thing. When it got into the actual determination of a champion, was when everybody kind of noticed. Oh, hey, this is actually just a a silly little thing. Okay, panelists. Oh, we have full list. You ready? I only okay. have a full list going up to twenty thirteen. So this is this will give you an idea of who voted in the 2013 panelists for the Harris poll. And it's a dead link. <laughs> so Harris Interactive is the company um, that actually puts this on, and they do other market research for things like politics and consumer interest and, I mean, you name it. Like Harris might call you and say, like, how often do you go to the grocery store? Are you loyal to Kleenex or, you know, that kind of stuff. So – um, not necessarily like a kind of a hardcore football community. Um, so it was, um, let's see, it was 115 members from the nominees, man, this was a total mess. So this is the history on the polling methodology, division one, bowl subdivision, college football conferences and independent institutions nominated prospective panelists. Then Harris randomly selected 115 members to participate in the actual panel each week from mid-October to the end of the regular season, 115 panelists voted on the particular ranking of teams. And these rankings were published and were used to determine one-third of the BCS. So you can imagine giving the schools that much authority to find panelists <laughs> and, and, and nominate people and how just completely ridiculously um, uh, biased that process goes. So, um, yeah. And what's funny is, like, because w- wisdom of the crowds are what they are um, – yeah. Like it really, it didn't produce outlandishly stupid results. It just really was like a thing where you start to get, uh, we get a glance at the inner workings and you're like, you know, how is this house even standing? Like what, how, you know, what, why is this even a thing? And, and so yeah, another case, I guess, where, you know, the more, you know, the more details you see, uh, the less sure you are of the process. But um, to flip back, here's, here's the, still the best example. This is from the very first year, the best example of why having a weekly ranking only 
challenges the legitimacy or, or makes people doubt the legitimacy of the process. So in 2014, if all we had, if, if this was like a thing that they sort of do with college basketball where we get like an initial rankings, like this this week's rankings are all we get until the final rankings. Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, in 2014, uh, you know, Mississippi State was number one. Florida State was two. You had Auburn Ole Miss. Like it, it was kind of a big mess. Oregon and Alabama had already lost. TCU and Baylor had already lost. Um, Baylor had beaten TCU and then lost to somebody. And so, um, like all that had already happened, but you could tell there was a lot still to go. You kind of had a general order, uh, understanding of the hierarchy. You knew that one loss Ohio state was 16th and needed to make up ground. Um, and then if you, if you go straight from there to the final rankings, which had Alabama one and Oregon two, because they had pretty much dominated since you had Florida state undefeated, but third, cause they had looked like crap most of the year. And then Ohio state's fourth, all of a sudden you kind of understand it logically because Ohio state had just murdered everybody on the schedule over the last month. Um, you just kind of understood that. And they had just come off of beating, um, uh, Wisconsin by a billion points in the Big Ten title game. So just intuitively, you understand, well, okay, that makes sense. I guess I know why that happened the way it happened. But then uh, when you get the weekly rankings and you understand that, um, for, let's see, CFP rankings, week 15. The week before the final rankings, you had TCU third, Ohio State fifth, and Baylor sixth. And then TCU, TCU a week later after beating Iowa State falls to sixth and Ohio State jumps to four ahead of them. Um, yeah, well, and by, and TCU falls behind Baylor too after beating Iowa State. Like that, that was just that, that muddied the waters dramatically. Last year when Mississippi State beats a bad Arkansas and moves ahead of UCF, um, it just adds to it, it adds data points where we don't actually need data points and it makes everything the process look a lot shakier than it otherwise would be. So um, it's just dumb. It does no it, 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 it is its only purpose is TV ratings. And I don't even know if it gets good TV ratings at this point. Uh, all I know is it gets zero views from this household. I don't know about anybody else's. But um, it, it definitely really feel does. like it came and went uh, this week. It was uh, it has not created the kind of uh, appointment viewing across the landscape of the sport. I know. So, for right. A fact. So it, it, it only t- it only makes the legitimacy worse and doesn't actually provide much benefit. So there's awesome. always been it, the whole process really speaks to the history of college sports and media. And what I mean by that is right. The. So the membership is so large and the the interest can usually be diffuse and everybody's kind of pointed in a different direction, say for five or six of the top teams, right? College sports has always tried to coddle and court and schmooze its media in a weird, weird way. Like we're a part of the new media that was the Iron Curtain kind of came down on us, right? Right about 2010, 2011, when new media merged, um, that was really on behalf of the old media that is really in bed and still in bed with a lot of the college football power structure. And what I mean by that is people, you'll see this, like you'll even see it on Twitter bios of like kind of, I wouldn't say octogenarian, but old, old sports writers, (laughs) octogenarian is close where they say, I'm a Harris poll voter, very proudly kind of beat their chest or I'm a Heisman voter. I would rather, I would rather, uh, stick my left testicle if it was possible into a light socket which it's not but somehow just get part of it in there to electrocute myself then vote in, on something as stupid 
as the Heisman Trophy. Um, I, I don't understand the merit of it. I don't understand the value of it. It's used, it's used almost as a weapon in negative recruiting and <laughs> in marketing of brands and teams. I just, there's so little remove between the old media and that culture and the schools themselves that really, when you like, when you look at the way the playoff structure is now where we're going week to week and it allows SIDs to pump out because everybody drops a press release, you know, uh, and I'm just going to pull it up at random, you know, West Virginia university ranked 13th in first playoff. Like it's a way to generate a nothingness news, which is something that this sport is extremely good at. Right. It's like, you know, Remington trophy releases, uh, preseason watch list and it's 110 names that right. that's real that happens i think it was the outland was the one year i got one and i was like don't send me these <laughs> this is just sort of what the sport is and it it probably won't go away anytime soon it's a function that creates content and we as a 24 7 content creator have we're always trying to figure out where our moral compass is with that um this is just i'm kind of answering my own question from the kit from the jump on the show like, why are we doing 25? We're doing 25 because it allows us to put more logos up. It allows ESPN to create a TV show every week, and it allows for completely baseless conjecture, which is ideally what we founded this podcast to stop. But you know, it's you know we're emptying out a we're, we're emptying out a dam with a with a teaspoon. It's not going to happen. So. We've just spent. Uh, we were going to do this entire show on the tasting menu. Yeah, uh, we've just spent like minutes. almost fifteen minutes not yeah. doing the tasting menu. Um, we're so good at this. I feel like every year though we have to do this, and, and if you go back and look, every year we do. We say, ah, don't worry about the playoff thing. Don't worry about the playoff thing. It's only Halloween, and then inevitably we have to come on and say it came out. It's trash. Here's why. Now. I will say this, it does give you a pretty decent roadmap as to what is feasibly possible, at least in the in the mind's eye of this committee, in terms of who has a shot of what. So, Yeah, I mean, yes and no, because Ohio State was like in the mid-teens in, in 2014, and they ended up Yeah, but if you spot. notice, we haven't had a the, – the jumps have changed. You haven't seen that, <clears throat> yeah. right? Like, So, in fact, all right, I'll pose this to you, and then we'll get into the actual games, okay? okay. You you do you have the rankings in front of you? Uh, I can. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, All right. So so w- here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna go down, and you're gonna tell me to stop when you think the last logical playoff participant is. Okay. And then I want to talk about how thirteen. Wow. Okay. So just <laughs> this, since this, since Bill, this is an audio format. People don't know. Uh, that's Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma. Wazoo, Kentucky, Ohio State, Florida, Central Florida, West Virginia. And then you're yes. stopping there at six. And so the cutoff is six and two Penn State. So here's what I'd like to do. The next batch of teams from 14 on Penn State, mm-hmm. Utah, Iowa, Texas, Mississippi State, Syracuse, Texas A&M. We'll stop there. Mm-hmm. Any of those teams have any like I, I'm, we're not going to turn this into a segment where we map it out, but are any of those teams likely to make the playoff? No, they're they are very much in the in the running for a New Year's Six bowl. Uh, the only one after thirteen that has even the most hilariously remote shot at the playoff is six and two Virginia, just because they could run the table and beat Clemson. Um, that's that's pretty much it. Utah's 
Utah is probably the best of those teams at this exact moment. They're not making it. Uh, Penn State's not making it. Iowa's not making Well, I guess if I'm including Virginia, I have to include Iowa. Um, You'd have to have a shakeout there where they win the division. Where they, they yeah, they like, win their division and then they destroy either Michigan or Ohio, or Ohio State in the uh, in the Big Ten title game. So yeah, technically they're involved. I, technically, you could say Texas uh, because they could destroy Oklahoma, but they won't. Um, but no, not Mississippi State. Uh, not no, no, definitely not Syracuse. Not A and M. Not NC State. Boston College. They could beat. Uh, they could still beat Clemson around the table. Um, so here's my point. If they were being forthright, mm-hmm. which is something that college football has a time doing. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. Just just create a list of fifteen. But then also, how would no you one... know how many top twenty five wins you have? <laughs> but this is because you've taught me enough as a stats person and as an analyst to know that it's a completely it's a worthless it's a worthless attribute or merit if you have a win right now over number 23 Fresno State and number 23 Fresno State doesn't exist in the rankings in 2 weeks. Right. Do you still have a top 25 win? No. This is one of the dumbest arguments that permeates yes. on an annual basis. Oh, I'm not saying it's smart. I'm just saying that's that's probably one of the reasons they have a top 25. Did Auburn does Auburn have a top 10 win against Washington this year? No. But they did, didn't they? No. Right. But they did. For a week. And we all said they did. It's stupid. That Cut it to 15. Any argument. Well, <laughs> Cut I mean, it if to you're going to do it, do it. I mean, I don't see any harm with doing 25. Or, you know it's what? stupid or to do it at all. Theater of the Absurd. Go to 50. Who get? I mean, whatever. Yeah, rank everybody. <laughs> we were going to use the playoff rankings as a short bridge to um, Thursday night, November 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Well, first off, we have a little match. Did you watch any action last night? Uh, not last night. I did. I watched a good amount on Tuesday, but we were at a little Halloween party last night. Um, I had a we we did the trick or treating with the kids, and we were um, a couple neighborhood families and friends or whatever. We kind of had them over. Uh, my wife made a big pot of chili, and uh, so we had like I don't know four or five couples, and I think like nine kids in the living room for about. 45 minutes last night just after the trick-or-treating before everyone dispersed and mm-hmm. i put on you know what you, instinctually when i have mixed company and i live in the south and you you know you have kids running around whatever like just put on if there's a sporting event put it on right for the for the parents but then also put on football if, if you have that and then put on college football if you have that so i bypassed what i don't even know what else was on last night for the mac game and it was funny as i had a non-southern parent just look at me and say like what's this shit? <laughs> just someone with more of an NFL mindset, like was completely just ignorant to the fact that Maxion is like a weeknight phenomenon. He's like, is this like, is this like the same kind of football as like Ohio state? And I was like, yeah, kinda sorta. Cause I felt bad because I was betraying my, my love of G five, but you know, the quality of those games can be suspect at times. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean like, I actually kind of enjoyed Kent State Bowling Green because it was pretty close and everything. Those are terrible teams, um, but it was a nice win for Kent State all the same. But yeah, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend that um, you know when they sh- when they accidentally show part of the crowd and there are like 14 people in attendance and part of the entertainment value comes from mistakes and all that stuff. I'm not gonna pretend to justify that. That's uh, that's very much an inside kind of thing with when you're around other obsessive college football nerds who spend a lot of time on Twitter. Maxion's pretty great, but otherwise. It's a, it's a very unique sell. I'll say that. 
Uh, <laughs> I was actually not watching that. I was watching. We had Toledo Ball State on. Um, just because that was the first thing on my YouTube TV menu. I didn't really like parse. I was just like, yeah, I'll put that one on, whatever. Um, that reminds me of a story pitch, um, an aside to an aside as we go Jeez. on this podcast today. But you guys didn't want questions. I see you read it. Um, I've always wanted to go and do a road trip, like a three three games, three nights, max and road trip, usually around this time of year, mm-hmm. and write about like the economics and the cultural and like psychological effects of trotting these teams out on Tuesdays in these towns where nobody shows up, where there's, you know, almost never any kind of like energy or hype or whatever you want to call it around, you know, the Saturday games and whether or not this entire experiment has been successful. I don't know anymore. What is so? I mean, here's the thing: we all love it, right? But we love it in the same way. It's like dance for me, peasant boy, dance. Like, is the Mac better? <laughs> well, I mean, no. Um, so oh, tonight, well, and, okay, I say that, but like, if you ask them, they could maybe, you know, whatever, however much their television revenue increased uh, in this la- in this period where you know, this decade or so where they've had Maction. Um, yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I wrote like a best games in Maction history thing that I should refresh. Dang, I forgot. Oh, well. Um, Go for it, baby. Well, I mean, it's already started, so it's over now. Um, but like, I'm sure if you asked like an athletic director at wherever, Toledo or whatever, like what with the extra money that you television revenue that you've gotten, however, that balances out to having nobody in the stands. Uh, with whatever extra money you've gotten, what have you bought with it? Now, I mean, they could maybe tell you things that they've gotten because of TV money, therefore it is worth it. But um, that's where you have to go because the product on the field is basically the same as ever. Because, I mean, of course it is. You're 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 still recruiting the same area. It's not like you're suddenly recruiting California kids very much. Right, so, but if you stopped it next week and they just played the games on Saturdays, what would change? I don't think um, they, the players in the Mac would have, would be able to play on a much more normal schedule. Uh, and, uh, ESPN would have less live inventory to, <laughs> to That's, share with the world. Yes. And they'd probably just immediately go down and make the Sunbelt do the same thing. Right. And the Sunbelt would go, okay. Tonight, Northern, Northern Illinois goes to Akron on CBS sports network. How's that oh. for a curveball? Wow. 6 p.m. God's time zone. Ohio goes to Western Michigan on ESPNU. And Temple is at UCF. Boom. 6.30 ESPN. So the number what? 12 UCF Knights. Guess what? That's our pick. Um, oh, yeah. So it, it, it has begun for UCF. Um, it has begun in the sense of just whether or not they're going to stay undefeated. Um, I think that I saw a quote from Danny White somewhere where it was like, you know, if if – we know it's impossible for a G5 if we go undefeated two years in a row. Uh, let me pick that apart real fast. They are trying to mount a PR campaign, just like right. LSU did in 2007, where they're like, we were undefeated in regular uh, or in regulation, right? That yep. was the whole shtick. The committee has said time and again, they do not take the previous season into consideration. So that's just a that's just a sort of marketing thing that UCF is after. And I sure. get it. I, I mean, I of course, it. I mean, of course, of course, you would do it. And and I I'll say I was impressed with number twelve, honestly. Um, you know, it just about matches their S and P plus ranking. First of all, but really, I was honestly expecting them to be about seventeenth or eighteenth. So um, they should be happy with twelve because, it, at the very least, I mean, they're st- they're behind two lost Florida, and I'm sure that irks them. Uh, it very much sets up a a, a New Year's Six bowl between Florida mm-hmm. and UCF, which makes me very happy. Um, 
could be cool, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, you can start to piece together, like, okay, well, if Ohio State loses to Michigan State or loses to Michigan again, they could hop Mich- uh, Ohio State. Uh, Kentucky, if they lose to Georgia, they could hop Kentucky. If Washington State, if or when Washington State finally comes off its cloud uh, and loses to, you know, whatever, you know, Washington or even somebody before that, they could pa- they could hop Washington State. If Oklahoma loses to West Virginia, they could hop Oklahoma, although West Virginia would probably hop them, so they have to lose too. But you can at least see a path here where everybody above them could lose a game until they get to at least about sixth or so. Um, now, so- they, I mean, their problem is they're probably going to lose the game, too, because I don't think they're quite yes. as good as last year, and they're, no. the, they're about to face all the good AAC teams. This, so this is anyway. – oh, my God, what a perfect mind-meld segue. So tonight, after coming off of a bye last week, we start the run. Really, I think we start the season in a lot of ways, because if you want to be considered to be elite, this is it. This is as elite as you can sort of cobble together. You have Temple at home in Orlando. The following Saturday, the rest of these are Saturdays. No, actually, there's a the post the USF yep. game is on a Friday. It's a yep. Black Friday game. Okay, so the, tonight you have Temple at home. Next Saturday you host Navy. Obviously, not the same Navy team that we're used to. Yeah. Uh, the following Saturday, also at home, you get Cincinnati. Then on Black Friday you go to USF, and then probably you are in the AAC championship game against Houston. This is it. This is as good as you can cobble together. Now, the problem is, going back to the dumb 25 thing, none of that shows up. I know. Yeah, basically, like, Temple has played, like, a top 25 team over the last month, but it's not a top 25 win. Navy, well, na- no Navy. Cincinnati is a top 40 win, not a top 25 win. US- USF is not a top 25 win. And if they beat Houston, Houston will probably fall out of the top 25, and therefore it won't be a top 25 win. <laughs> And Houston, as of right now, is not in the playoff 25. No, which that was the one that surprised me a hair. But, I mean, they were probably relatively close. They were probably, like, top 30. But but anyway, yeah, they'll creep into the top 25, lose, fall out of the top 25, and then it, UCF won't have any top 25 wins. Very strange. Very strange. Um, definitely the game to watch, though. Temple isn't it? Um, a a shadow of its former self and no. in the best possible way. No, that's I, not true though. They they are thirty fourth in S and P for since the second Bill. week of the season. Bill, they, they have crushed Maryland, Bill. crushed Tulsa, Bill, crushed ECU, beaten Navy, beaten Cincinnati. They beat undefeated Cincinnati. Yes, and they lost to Villanova at home. They are thir- I, I I again over the last month they have played like a top twenty five team. That is in like they are up to thirty fourth despite losing to Villanova. They are up to thirty fourth in S and P. That's all Wait, I can do, say. Like they were like that's 80th. what I was saying. I'm no, not, they I were a hundred sixth after that game, and they are thirty fourth. They are in no way a shadow of their former self. They are their former self now. Boom. I meant the team that lost to Villanova. We're having one of those marriage arguments where we're saying the same thing, but we don't understand each other. Well, no, but that wouldn't... Wait, I thought shadow of itself had to be bad. If you were bad to begin with and you're a shadow of your former self, then, then you're, you're like better. like double bad. We'll discuss this out there. <laughs> Jesus. I blame the listeners. Uh, I blame the listeners. You completely <laughs> took <laughs> I agree. They are great now. You, you, I blame the listeners totally. You guys took you at, you asked for an extended menu format, and this is what you got. Friday, um, I'm just going to mention it this time, so you don't be a nerd about it. Penn goes to Cornell on ESPNU at five o'clock. Yeah, uh, you can Pitt, ignore that game; it's bad. I can't win. Pitt goes to Virginia <laughs> at six thirty on ESPN two. That's a weird Friday night game. Whew. 
Western Kentucky. We're going to talk about them in just a second. They go to Middle Tennessee at 7 p.m. on CBS Sports Network, and then Colorado goes to Arizona at 9.30. God's time zone, FS1. Okay. Um, Colorado has, what, two losses, three losses? Um, Colorado has I- lost three in a row um, since their fans yelled at me about them being underranked in uh Yes. So SP. Colorado is a volatile concept right now. <laughs> I don't think that Colorado knows if they want to love Mike McIntyre or if they <laughs> want to fire Mike McIntyre. Yeah. And as, by the way, let me just like, damn it, damn it, the toddler took the cowbell. All right, we're out of sound effects. Oh, um, the, uh, the cowbell's a wall. But anyways, well, hell, this the, is. I don't have a cowbell either. Where the hell did mine go? I know. Damn it. It's because of the old Miss conspiracy. Um. This is the start of conjecture, crazy, stupid season has begun, okay? Boom! Yeah, I'm just slap my wedding ring against the desk. Yes, it's on. Starts now. Colorado's a team where, in the casual conversation that precedes crazy season, we just go ahead and, I mean, we didn't have a weird starter this year. Pff, November 1st is a great time to start. Just yeah. like, If you had to put a date on a calendar in advance, if you don't have a strange retirement or NCAA thing or whatever, let's just say Halloween. Okay. Um, in the casual conversation preceding crazy season, we've had Colorado might lose its coach to a better job or fire. Yes. Or, and now it's, now it's, we we just got to get rid of them. Very volatile. Now, since we're speaking of volatile situations, uh, Western Kentucky. I don't even know if that qualifies as volatile. That's just depressing at the moment. It's very volatile in the sense that it's things are not working. Yeah. I think Mike Sanford's a better coach than what's happening. Western Kentucky is a good program, albeit naive. They've spent a lot of money to build out a little kind of football community. And it's a lot like – actually, it's not, I was about to say it's a lot like App or, or, or Georgia Southern. It's not because they have yet to have the dedicated week-in, week-out diehard show up. Right. And at the same time, they're demanding a, a, a level of, of accomplishment with their with football that's just – I mean, when you go from – you know, Taggart – so Taggart builds it. They had, like, one good year. He's out. He goes to USF. But then you get Petrino and Braum that just, like, explode offense, maximize the recruiting, and I really think spoil a fan base who wasn't there yet. And so now it's Sanford is trying to do something fundamentally different. He's taken a lot of criticism. You know, his dad's on staff as one of the highest paid assistants. Like, th- these are not good things. These are not good things right now. Um, you know, they've already had the weird AD comes out and says nothing but says everything kind of quote. Um, I don't know if if with I don't have their schedule in front of me. But I don't know if they're going to lose out. But they th- this is a game that matters a hell of a lot mm-hmm. to the people who who pay a hell of a lot to make Western <laughs> Kentucky football a thing right. in terms of MTSU. So um, it's kind of an anxiety watch thing, I guess. Um, at this point, it's just like putting a stick up against Western to see if what the hell's going on. Yeah, they're they're quite bad this year. Um, and I do, like, I we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, obviously, but Mike Sanford, when, when you're a first-time head coach, <clears throat> I do think there are a lot of, like – there are a lot of mistakes that you might or might not make. Um, 
And well, I mean, duh, but like specifically just like little things about what parts of culture to change and not change. And you don't really know, I guess really this is anybody, not just first time head coaches, but you don't really know like what is vital in terms of little pieces of culture, what is vital to the school that you are employed by now and what isn't. And you don't really know what is or isn't until you've changed them and found out. Um, but it really did seem like he ticked off a lot of, I don't even know about players, people last year, but players last year. And he lost a bunch of players with some changes he made pretty quickly. Like it, it, it seemed like he, he entered the, the, he entered Bowling Green and basically said, all right, this is my program. Now I'm going to change this, this, and this, uh, and, and it backfired and, and he lost part of his team from the start. And obviously this year he has not gotten them back. Um, they, I mean, they've lost you know, they're, they're one in seven and it's, and it's terrible. Like they, they did lose by three to Maine, by three to Louisville and by three to Marshall. There was a four game stretch there where they beat ball state, which isn't an amazing win, but they did win it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then they lost three games each by three points where they could have very, very easily been four and one after five games. Um, but basically since then got drubbed at Charlotte, which is just inexcusable in any, part of the universe uh lost at home barely to old dominion there was another three-point loss they've lost four games by three points and then they got drubbed by florida international which is at least a little more understandable but it does seem like they are well they let's see yeah they, they are at their lowest point in s&p plus right now um 111th is the worst that they've been and this is a team that was in the top 22 years ago uh they do play utah but the end of the schedule is at mtsu at fau home for utah and then at la tech uh, yeah la tech and utah is improving too so um oh boy yeah yeah i mean it, i it, second year coach you have to have a good reason to get rid of a second year coach but if they <laughs> if they lose to utah and finish one and 11 he uh so that's your friday uh colorado arizona Colorado really needs to win this game. Yes, yes. They are uh, projected underdogs in every remaining game on the schedule there. A couple of them are toss-ups, so they should be able to, <laughs> after starting 5-0, and they should be able to find a sixth win. Uh, but if they don't win at Arizona, they've got to either beat U- Washington State or Utah at home or Cal on the road. So, yeah, win on Friday <laughs> and, and eliminate any possibility of a 5-0 and start and a seven, an 0-7 finish. If they fire him. If they fire him. If, 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 one more time, if, <laughs> um, I'm curious how they're going to message this job. I don't know. I, like, well, I think you could, it's not least... as e- it's, it's not as good or as easy as I think they, a lot of people would lead you to believe anymore. Yeah. This they at least have a, job. they have a semi-recent data point of saying, Hey, look, we won the PAC 12 South and, and damn near made a new Year's six bowl two years ago. So they at least have that, even though everything yeah. fell apart after that. And those are the, those are those outlier seasons that right. totally skew. Yeah. Perception. Oh yeah. Nobody. I mean, you sell what you can sell and they'll try to sell that for sure. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, just in big picture terms, it's still a program that I think, um, suffered the most from, um, the big 12, Pac-12 situation, um, the way they recruit, how they recruit. I think you'd have to go and get a West Coast guy at this job now. Right. Um, and they always kind of, you know, we've talked. I re- McIntyre I, I, came from, by the way, McIntyre came from San, San Jose, Jose State, yeah. but is not a West Coast guy. No. Um, I, I, I was about to start a sentence and then realized I think I said it like two years ago when we were talking about a similar topic. But um, like Colorado had already died before they went to the Pac-12. Like starting in about... 
that well, they made the Big Twelve title game in 05, but they got obliterated by Texas. It was the worst the Big Twelve North had ever been. Uh, really started in about 04. The oh three or oh four the 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 tailspin started for them, and in 06, they it it, it picked up speed when they brought in um, gah, Mr. Boise State, Dan Hawkins. Um, that was supposed to be the sa- the saving hire, and it ended up falling apart really fast. And so they had already fallen apart. They lost to Kansas before they left the Big Twelve. Um, wow. But it certainly they whenever that collapse started they have to create a Pac-12 identity so yeah i would say having somebody who who can understand how to recruit california is probably a good place to start you're not any mm-hmm. further from california than like washington and washington recruits california so i mean it does seem like that's something you need to be able to do highly attractive destination i just think you got to get the right people in there and yeah. hire somebody who appreciates college towns you sure as hell better hire a recruiter. And Mac was not Mac is a a, a good coach, but you you're gonna have to do something dynamic and young and kind of curveball to just hire Lane Kiffin. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. It was a joke. Um, all right, let's move on to Saturday. So the pick there, I think, is Colorado Arizona more as a sort of anxiety watch. It's yeah. a late game though, so I'm not really gonna tell no, you the best. I'm gonna I'm gonna have like the first quarter. And by the way, Arizona, if they win. They're probably bowling after all the ups and downs that that's they have insane. gone through this year. Um, they probably because that's let's see, pulling up their schedule here. Yeah, they, they're at four wins. That would give them five, and then they would have to beat it. Well, they still have to beat Arizona State uh, in a toss-up game late. But suddenly, chicken their bet odds this year. of bowling look pretty good. That's right, chicken bet and chicken bowl bet, bet maybe. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Saturday. Let's start yep. 11 a.m. Central. We're gonna go all the way to let's say one o'clock. Okay. <clears throat> 11 a.m. on CBS Sports Network. Air Force goes to Army. Nasty rivalry. Uh, <laughs> it is. Seriously. Yeah, oh, no. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It, since I'm doing your nerd stuff, Columbia's at Harvard on Nesson. Um, Iowa State at Kansas is uh, FSN at 11 a.m. Louisville goes to Clemson on ABC. <laughs> Memphis goes to ECU on Ugh. ESPNU. Michigan State goes to Maryland on <laughs> ESPN2. Man, they got to play football this week. Man. Nebraska goes to uh, Ohio State on Fox. <laughs> Oklahoma State goes to Baylor on FS1. Uh, Rutgers is at Wisconsin. God! Man, this thing just keeps going. South Carolina is at Ole Miss on SEC Network. Cuse is at Wake on the Regional Sports Network nonsense. And A&M is at Auburn there we go. on ESPN. Moving to 11:15 on your ACC revolving regional networks of nonsense is Georgia Georgia Tech at North Carolina 11:15. And I'm not going to read all your No, you got to read the next one. You got to read the next nerd one cuz that's uh, Dartmouth goes to Princeton yes, at noon. That on is NBC. the Sports Two Network. teams in the Massey Composite Top 5 in F- FCS. That is the Ivy League game that I've been building for all season. Um, okay. All right. And then uh, 1 o'clock is uh, San Jose State at Wyoming. Oh, God, on, they play It's the Mountain one. West. Uh, catch on the Mountain West stream for most of you. So 1 o'clock. So that's an 11 a.m. kick. Yeah, no, I couldn't remember uh, if no, Wyoming wait, was Mountain or Pacific. No, no, no. They're Mountain. They're Mountain. Okay. It's a noon kick. So noon, yeah. Wow. Um, all right. Well, Texas and Auburn, Texas A&M Auburn is probably the pick um, because, you know, two top 25-ish caliber teams plus uh, Anxiety Bowl in Auburn. Anxiety. 
Half um, of an anxiety bowl. But when it's Auburn, it's all it's it's a whole anxiety bowl. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> That's my rule. I made yeah. this up. I can change the rule. If anytime you have Auburn involved, it's a whole anxiety bowl. Yeah, I've talked um, before about how like sometimes the home field advantage becomes a home field disadvantage if the crowd because you can just feel the anxiety from the crowd and it affects the team. Woo, mm-hmm. if Auburn doesn't start that game quickly. Um, well, especially against a guy that a, a, a significant portion of influential persons on the planes last year wanted to hire <laughs> in Jimbo Fisher. Until, um, Gus, that could be interesting. until Gus messed up and actually won the SEC West. Um, um, you know, honestly here, Scott Frost could, boy, Scott Frost is a legend on Monday forever if they pull that upset. It's not gonna happen. Oh, Scott Frost! Yeah, <laughs> Scott um, Frost is a freaking legend. I'm trying to make 11 a. I'm trying to make 11 a.m. worth living well, right now. And I, can, I just I can do it, but it's gonna take a little off roading. Um, uh, Air I Force mean, and Army is legit. Well, I was gonna say like the most interesting games to me, other than the Auburn anxiety stuff, the most interesting games to me are Air Force Army on CBS Sports, Dartmouth Princeton on N- NBC Sports, NBC SB. Is that like? So uh, that's, that's not NBC, NBC Sports. NBC Sports. It, no, it's um actually that's that's just the Boston. I think it's the Boston area NBC that's doing Sports that. Boston. Well, it's, it's like on ESPN Plus. So you right, can watch it's on, on ESPN, ESPN Plus. Plus. So if you have the ESPN Plus app, you can watch it. Yeah, um, that's an enormous. It, that really is. That should be one of the more high quality games of this shift. Uh, Air Force Army. Uh, honestly, James Madison, New Hampshire. Uh, if you've got a, if you've got Fox Sports Go, that's a big FCS game. Like that's those are the three probably the most three truly interesting games of the of the morning and you got to work to find them. Um, but I can give you a lot of anxiety watch. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... I, mean I can give you. So right now you'll figure out Maryland's going to have to like try and run a table or something. I think for Canada to stay as 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 an inside track candidate for that job. Um, if you're interested in that, I think Clemson could provide. Um, kind of a nail in the coffin. I don't think they're going to fire Petrino in season, but. If they do, if they do to Bobby what they did to Florida State, yeah, yeah, because um, they just got whooped by Wake Forest. So the, it, it, um, if they lose like seventy three to nothing or something, it yeah. might be an Al Golden situation where they go ahead and just say, you know what, that's too embarrassing. We're we're done here. I also think a late season and just total nuclear embarrassment for Rutgers at Wisconsin could provide the same situation there. Um, I almost said Kyle Flood because I literally just thinking of like whatever coach is about to get fired. <laughs> It's yeah. Chris Ash, yeah, I know. No, but, that's and I I agree too, and that's because I swear crazy. I think I was still work. I was part timing here when I was writing like Kyle Flood on the hot seat. Hot seat. I mean, well, but I mean with Chris Ash, I mean obviously when you when you take over the situation he took over, you got to think long term. Yeah. Um, but they are one hundred twenty fourth in S and P plus. Too long term, baby. Yeah, I mean, this is year three, and in year three, you actually like we always talk about proof of concept. You have to at least show something. He has burned everything down. I mean, this is a youthy, 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 youth movement they're on right now, but they are horrible. Like mm-hmm. they're not just they're not bad; they're horrible. And oh man, I yeah, you you could I can justify it. I'm I'm I preach patience at all times, and I could justify firing him after year three. Uh, Army Air Force is a nastier rivalry yeah. than Army Navy in every way, shape, and form. As is Air Force Navy. Um, there's, there's a everybody hates Troy Calhoun. <laughs> yes, they do. There's a there's a symbiotic relationship between um, Army and Navy staffs that does not exist uh, when you turn that into a a three way. They, um, mm, yeah, that game <laughs> well, get. I mean, got, they don't get that an, an analogy became weird real fast. But anyway, I'm sorry. Well, they don't really get chippy or get you know, punchy or anything like that at service academies, but it's going to be, uh, 
clippy, hard-hitting. <laughs> I mean, it's worth checking out, especially with this roster. You can flip around and see a lot of anxiety stuff. Um, ECU, he's already he's already done. Um, Qs don't get trapped. Qs could keep going and doing their thing. Don't get trapped at Wake. Um, yeah. Okay, Rank. I ranked Syracuse. Um, A and M Auburn. Yeah, just but there is for, just if, for anxiety funsies and then quality football in Bills Ivies, the academies and yep. that's probably. I mean, you, that's you can it. get by yeah, with that. Let's, um, yeah, let's not push it. Let's not push <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> there's no reason to. All right, uh, let's go to two o'clock. Uh, that's where goal line starts. Nobody watches it. I don't care what you say, podcast. Florida State goes to North Carolina State, 230 ABC. I did. Um, it, <laughs> sorry, I wasn't pausing for effect. I just, no, I, I just, that, that game, I mean, NC State, that is an, an I, I said this a couple of days ago, this is an enormous game for NC State because they yeah, have now lost two in a row. Uh, and you have collapse in your history, so please don't do it again. Um, should win that game. Should. But I, I'm curious how Florida State responds to it. Not that not that Willie's in any sort of anxiety watch situation, but no. they just got humiliated, and this is where a team either shuts it off or comes back and 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 plays their best game of the year. So if it's they do, if it's the latter, then NC State could be losers of three in a row. And uh, Georgia goes to Kentucky on CBS. Iowa goes to Purdue on ESPN two. K State goes to TCU on FS one. Liberty goes to UMass on 11, uh, which is also on Nesson. Minnesota goes to Illinois on Big Ten Network. Navy is at Cincinnati on ESPNU. Fox has West Virginia and Texas. Damn. Why is it that at, game on at 11? Yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, 245 on the ACC. Why Why the 15-minute stagger, you weirdo? Yeah, I, that was new this week. I, no, I noticed that when I was um, – yeah. oh, I didn't notice the Penn State. Well, ESPN is doing it too. Um, ACC huh. Network has uh, BC and VTech at 245, and then Penn State's at Michigan, uh, same time on ESPN. Uh, and then back on 230, LSU Sports Ned, you screwed your schedule up. Um, two lanes at South Florida on CBS Sports Network. We're trudging on. Let's We'll stop it at 6. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. 3 o'clock, uh, Alcorn goes to New Mexico State on FS Arizona. Um, Charlotte is at Tennessee at 3 o'clock. Uh, just remind, Bill, take a note. Uh, just <laughs> remind, me, remind me to say something about Charlotte when we get done. Uh, uh, sure. Missouri is at Florida on SEC Network. We're at 3 o'clock, by the way. Utah is at Arizona State at 3 o'clock on Pac-12 Network. Yeah. Skipping, skipping, skipping. Yep, we'll it. stop at 4, 6 o'clock. Okay, so, so just because I remembered. Okay, Charlotte. Charlotte was a job I told all y'all about in the summer about how, like, man, there's so many coaches that want to start their – kind of really start their career in earnest there, right? No expectation. Really make the whole program your own identity. Uh, great metro area. Growing population. Good recruiting. Guess what? They're 500. That job may not open. I know, and it's sad too because not they're open. not actually better. They're they're 118th in S and P. Like they beat Fordham, uh, they beat Old Dominion by three, they beat Southern Miss by three in a in a in a game with post win expectancy post game win expectancy of eight percent. Um, so a fluky win. <clears throat> they they destroyed Western Kentucky, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're 118th. Uh, so they're, they're not particularly good. They're improving a hair, but they're, they're really still not showing just a whole lot of, of traction, but, um, they are four and four <laughs> and if they, they're not going to beat Tennessee, but if they, uh, well, actually it's Tennessee at Marshall at FIU and at Florida Atlantic. So they can still finish four and eight pretty easily. Um, but four and eight is improvement and Glenn Spencer, 
former Oklahoma State defensive coordinator has actually made progress with their defense, even though their offense yeah. is still horrible. And so that he he might be able to put together a case of, hey, see, things are now headed in the right direction. Don't fire me, please. Four and eight, I don't know. Five and seven, I think he keeps the job. It's crazy. Oh, um, man, they're okay. 19th in rushing S&P Plus. How the hell does that happen? They're salty. Apparently. Um, hmm. Weird. Anyway. No, I was just going, hmm, at this. No, at this I was, I was going weird because I hadn't scrolled down and seen that they were 19th in rushing S&P Plus yet. Anyway. I've noticed that on the menu segments, I've been chalky SEC. I'm trying not to be, um, well, but I'm it's, definitely. It's top 10 like, versus top 10. How are you not going to? Yeah, I mean, the pick here is Georgia and Kentucky. Yeah. Um, I'm writing about Kentucky. It'll be up tomorrow. And let's see. Oh, well, I mean, West Virginia, Texas well, is is really uh, is a very, like I said that that would have been the top game at eleven o'clock. Um, that kind of will, an elimination game for the conference. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, sort of for the conference, but for the conference title kind game, of. is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry for the conference title uh, game. Sorry, yes. Yeah, like the, the loser of that game could still obviously make it, but it'll be a lot harder. Right. Um, yeah. 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 And so, one yeah. plays two with no divisions, by the way, in case you've forgotten that <laughs> right. interesting lineup. Um, um, Penn no, State. That's, that's a very could, good game. I, w- I would tab Penn State, Michigan, because yeah. Penn State gets to come in um, with no stress and no expectation <laughs> into Michigan. Yeah. And it was a Michigan team with very different personnel last year and a Penn State team with very different personnel last year. Uh, but Penn State was able to light them up. Yeah, Penn State. I think at, at the very least, Penn State knows exactly what it is at this point. Um, I mean, they are they are resourceful. They played four consecutive, just dicey games. Three of them against good teams, Indiana, eh. but um, right. Ohio State, Michigan, and Iowa. Obviously, uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Iowa. I should say. Obviously, they lost two of those three, but they've still they've grinded. They've won now two close games. The Iowa game, they had a lot going against them, and they won it anyway. Uh, they're just gonna. I think at this point, they're kind of comfortable with what they are. Uh, Michigan ha- is has been better this year, uh, but they've been waiting a long time. Well, I don't know. I'm trying to sell this, but then I mean, Michigan did clear sell the Michigan. It. Michigan did clear the Michigan State hurdle last time out, and so they're probably they're probably going to be a confident team. And if they're if they're if their A game is better than Penn State's this year, so um, yeah. this is a game that let's see they're projected to win by eight and a half. Um, if they win, they get to blaze through Rutgers and in Indiana um, on the way to Ohio State in three weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So, they, I mean, they are – this is the last hurdle before Ohio State, and I am going to assume they clear it pretty pretty easily. Um, I'm not going to try and sell you on Navy and Cincinnati. No. I'm not going to try and sell you on BC and VTech. Um, yeah. I thought this was a loaded Saturday. Well, it – I mean, we just named three humongous games all at the same time. Georgia, Kentucky is big. West Virginia, Texas is big, and Penn State, Michigan is big for Michigan and pretty big for Penn State. So, I mean, that's a that's a very loaded slate right there. Any any of those three games, the the twelve o'clock is bad, but any of those three games would be the biggest game on at twelve o'clock. Yeah, you're right. It's actually deceptive in that if you get Penn State leading or staying real close with Michigan, then you get, you get a high caliber flip around situation. Right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And, you're right. and the hard, the hardest thing about selling Penn state, Michigan is that like each of the last two years, the winning, the winning team has won by a billion points. So you get the feeling this is one of those like emotion games where it doesn't end up being close one way or the other. Um, but I mean, who knows? And, and by the way, Missouri, Florida should be pretty high caliber too. It's just not, the stakes aren't nearly as high as those other three. Purdue beats, the crap out of Ohio State. 
loses to, to Michigan, Michigan State. State. Totally the, expect them to beat Iowa by 20. I, I well, and I was probably I I am most of all the Big 10 West teams, I'm most confident in Iowa and they've got a tricky schedule here. Um well, I mean this game just right you know starting off with this game but then they get Northwestern uh and and that is just so weird and then they get Nebraska. I mean they should win out if they beat Purdue but this is a hard game and um Northwestern is a game and a half up in the in the Big Ten West right now. That's the insane be, part. Despite being the worst, but easily the worst of the teams involved in the race, and so like Iowa's going to really struggle to catch Northwestern if they don't beat Purdue. So strange. Uh, Georgia, Kentucky, Kentucky thinks they can win this game, and yeah. they can. They yeah, can no. win this game. I don't know if they will, but the, yeah, they, they probably can. won't. But they have yeah. the identity that every team. Yes wants and so they know like all we got to do is keep it close make it a big dumb burly football game uh contain their big plays so that they have to grind things out hit uh jake Fromm a lot and make him lose his confidence like he did against lsu um and you're either going to win or lose basically 15 14 like last week uh, yeah i assume georgia's offense is for all the talk about Jake Fromm and, and confidence and all that, LSU was the only time they scored less than like 38 points all year. Yeah. Um, they, they've been, they've been fine offensively. They played, I, I got to watch the Georgia Florida game uh, in its entirety after we talked about it the other day, like the play calling was as vanilla and gross as possible on both sides for long periods of that game. And in the red zone, it was terrible. Um, but they still, Yeah, but here's my defense of Florida. Florida was Florida's play calling got tentative because I think they lost faith in Franks. I think Georgia has bad play calling out the gate. <laughs> well, I, it's a I combination could... of boring and dumb. Well, I think with Florida, the part that frustrated me with what, with what Florida was calling is is like, what was it? The old Manny Diaz line that I bring up a lot about, like every uh, you know, all, every college football offense is like sixty percent of the same offense or whatever. Um, like they they were just running like basic college football plays in hopes of finding an advantage instead of like actually trying to tactically beat Florida, Georgia. And I realize when you're not confident in your quarterback, it's hard to do that. But there was no. They're just, it was kind of like there was minimal deception. There was minimal kind of counter movement. It was just kind of, hey, let's run a zone read. Now let's run a quick screen to the outside. Now let's, I don't know. I don't know what to do now. And it just, yeah. it just, it wasn't inspired at all. And, and, and then again, the weird thing you, is, if you take away the turnovers, they're still in the game very much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Georgia yeah. does not have it. I'm, I'm really, really unimpressed with the offense <laughs> from, from a schematic standpoint. And, and yet, Sixth in offensive S&P plus. Uh, so, I mean, I, know. I think I know. And maybe that's just a case of raw talent winning out over play calling. <laughs> Cause I'm well, not going to pretend I mean, that I'm basing been... that on, I'm basing that on Florida and LSU specifically. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, sure. Um, but again, like I said, against Florida, like they, they still, that, that horrible, I think that horrible goal line stand where they're like, I don't know, try running up the middle. Now let's uh, oh, try running up the middle. Um, that was, that was so bad that I think it kind of soured the rest of the game to a certain degree with the rest of the game. Wasn't that bad. Kirby's going to get a new OC in the off season. That's just a prognostication. Don't you dare a... speak bad of, of Jim Cheney, Dude. <sighs> You're staying for Jim Cheney? I've always sta- I don't know how I got here, but I've always stand for Jim Cheney. Gross. Um, okay, so that's your afternoon. Um, I'm gonna be watching Kentucky Georgia probably yes. every snap of it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be DVRing the hell out of West Virginia, Texas, and Missouri, Florida, and uh, Penn State, Michigan. But yeah, I'll probably watch Georgia, Kentucky all the way. Um, 6 p.m. Yep. Did I tag Utah, Arizona? I tagged you. Yeah, I said Utah, Arizona State. Okay. 
6 p.m. Duke at Miami on ESPN2. Houston goes to SMU. The um, Is that the skillet? No, TCU SMU is the skillet. Uh, Houston at SMU on ESPNU. UConn goes to Tulsa on CBS Sports Network. Um, big old chuckle there. Wow. I uh, know. It is pretty bad. Uh, Notre Dame goes to Northwestern at 6.15 on ESPN. LaTeX goes to Mississippi State at 6.30 on the SEC Network. Also at 6.30 on Fox as UCLA at Oregon. 7 p.m. The big one. Yep. Alabama, LSU. 7 p.m. on CBS. Counter-programming that is Oklahoma at Texas Tech. So if you don't want points... Actually, that's not true anymore. I can't say that. Oklahoma at Texas Tech on ABC. If Alabama has rendered LSU obsolete by midway through the second <laughs> quarter, go watch some points. They'll uh, only be midway through the first quarter, so it's it's good. Yeah. Um, it, there's no reason. To, I'm not going to chop up the late because the yeah. latest game starts at 945. Um, so I'm going to plow through these real fast. Stanford goes to Washington at 8 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. Great. I won't get to see that. Nope. USC goes to Oregon State at 9 p.m. on FS1. BYU goes to Boise at 9.15 on ESPN2. Also at 9.15 is San Diego State at New Mexico on ESPNU. At 9.30, Fresno goes to UNLV. That's another W for them Bulldogs on CBS Sports Network. And then the last game of the day is Cal at Wazoo at 9.45, which will be a game. Yeah, that's a really nice finale right there. That's that's good Pac-12 after darking right there. Cal has a defense? Sometimes. (laughs) Justin Wilcox, the defensive coordinator of of some note and acclaim in coaching circles, goes and takes a job that everyone assumed was a native son alumnus situation based off of the messy divorce with Sonny Dykes, mm-hmm. and they're not bad. No, they, they have uh, signs I mean, they're 11th of in defensive progress. Plus, and it's weird because, like, I mean, they got trounced by Oregon. They got trounced by UCLA. Um and otherwise, they've basically had like a top five or six defense all year. But yeah. they got, for whatever reason, I mean, they give up a combined 79 to Oregon and UCLA, and they've otherwise, both at home, uh, and they've otherwise been really, really good. So, yeah, it's hard to, I don't know what to get from that other than the fact that, I mean, they're still a, a young program. Uh, their defense yeah. is pretty experienced, but they're still new to all this. And so uh, they haven't necessarily brought it every week, but good, a good cow can, can certainly hang with Washington State here. Oregon needs to get the get the funk out and yeah. not let UCLA. I know it's going to be a thing. I know like it's a, it's it's just a thing. I know it's a storyline we haven't paid much attention to, but Chip's going to Chip's going back. So that's a thing for sure. Uh, maybe worth just flipping over to check out. But yeah. it's really going to be a damn thing if Oregon's offense can't do something <laughs> against UCLA. Yeah, twenty points against Wazoo, fifteen against Arizona. Arizona, they look like shit. Yeah, they, they, and, and uh, our, our friend Dan Rubenstein, um, like basically halfway through the fourth quarter, I haven't been paying attention at all. Halfway through the first quarter, he basically he says on Twitter, like, I don't know if I'm staying up for this. They, yeah, they he, did not yeah, make the trip. And then he it is, got he, so much worse after that. He is a diehard Oregon fan, and he was just like, I'm good. Yeah, I can, I can tell immediately they do, they did not make this trip to Arizona. I do not need to watch this anymore. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Alabama LSU, uh, I'm going to go, like I said, I think I've been pretty steady when we talk about this. I think it's going to be a quarter and a half. And then I think some mistake. Yeah. Or, or, or you can't even call them chunk plays. Like what's a chunk plays designation in your stuff? Like 15, 20 yards generally. Okay. I guess some yeah. people, cause a lot of coaches are 20 or 25. Right. Alabama. I'd probably even set it at like 30. 
Some <laughs> I do think LSU will come out with a little bit of blood and fire and and do all that bit. Well, they've I been. Think it's good I mean, they've had two weeks to figure out how to confuse two attack of a and he hasn't been he hasn't been confused all year. Uh, yeah. He's been just he's been so good, so consistently good. Um, and I think maybe a pass rush, like a truly hellish pass rush, mm-hmm. is something he hasn't seen. I don't know if. LSU can provide that so much as they would have to sell out other aspects to get there. And I think that would be dangerous. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only counterpoint I can make to that is they've got a really crafty secondary. And so if you can't just sell out and get to him, you can maybe can, you can bait him into a few mistakes that not not four quarters, not four quarters of mistakes, but that is, you know, just a, but when you're talking about that, you're talking about holding out for seconds and seconds. That's a long amount of play time. You need linebackers that are, Right, you know, really, really good at at space integrity well, and making sure that they're staying in the yeah, right zone. And that or um, the the alternative to that would just be baiting him into seeing things he's not actually seeing, um, and and having him you know make his reads and make his decision and then throw and suddenly there's an LSU defender stepping right in the way. You know, de- like if you deception, I think more than covering got covering Jerry Judy and company for seven seconds at a time. I think deception is going to be the way. Because I mean, but the first quarter, quarter and a half are going to mean so much. I, I I agree with you that you know generally we're looking at probably a quarter and a half of really interesting stuff. I do remember though, like like we were saying before, two weeks ago or two years ago, it was zero zero in the fourth quarter, and you never had any hope that LSU was going to actually score. Um, but it started getting pretty tense in that like, holy crap, if we go to overtime at zero zero, um, who the hell knows what's going to happen at that point. Um, and this year, like I, I've spoken ad nauseum about LSU's horribly inefficient offense, uh, yeah. and and I assume that will catch up to them. But if they can create some easy points and bait him into a couple of mistakes, I assume he'll respond fine. But it's something we haven't really seen because even last year against Georgia, it was somebody else's mistakes that he was making up for. Um, I would argue that we don't even know what Alabama's defense is. In right? November. No, no, we absolutely don't. Um, like when they've had to make a stop, they've made a stop, but they have been leakier than, than we've normally seen. And, um, the, um zero pressure situations, zero. Yeah. I mean, that matters. And we're in November. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I mean, just cause matters. they ain't played nobody. Wow. They, wow. Show it, show title invoke. Okay. All yeah. right. Nice. Uh, let's, I like UCLA Oregon for narrative because that's what I do for a li- <laughs> yeah. that's what I do for a living. Yeah. Um, no, it's... I like Alabama LSU is obviously the heavyweight fight, but I do think it will be tightly wrapped up before halftime, so that you may go and witness some pointsiness with Oklahoma, mm-hmm. or, um, I mean, no. Cal Wazoo is going to be a fun one to crack open a beer and yes, or, or fall asleep to. Um, you know, that game has implications. Wazoo is a real thing, so I would definitely. You know, I, I want to be respectful about that and not just, oh, you know. Uh, no, you like they're also. a real thing, but they're not so good that they can just wake up and, and pummel a team with a good defense. So UConn Tulsa is so trash that oh, so if bad. we had merchandise to give out, which <laughs> I don't know. Believe me, I've tried, y'all. I would literally send out like an like one of a, like a PAPN hat or a coffee mug if we had those things to, to give. <laughs> To anyone that would just like, I don't, here's the thing. I don't want it to, I don't want to suck the bandwidth up or the file size on my phone or Twitter or whatever. <laughs> but like if you were to videotape yourself watching this game for like five consecutive minutes, such trash. If anybody, if any Tulsa fans are actually listening to this and they are going to be at this game, definitely send us a picture of yourself. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I want war stories. At good old Before, Skelly hey, Stadium. Hey, hey. 
Oh, it's not fourth quarter. Stadium, no. Fourth quarter. Huh? Don't give me that. Don't give me that first quarter. I want fourth quarter. Well, how about both? Send us in the first quarter and then prove you're still there. Um, and, oh yeah, it's not just Skelly Stadium anymore. It's Skelly Field at H. A. Chapman Stadium. They have the limestone, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It always shows up really cool on TV. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, we, we, by so the way, we did not other say than Alabama word. LSU. We, um, we did not did say a ca- word about Notre Dame Northwestern, which is technically- oh no, no 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 I'm getting there I'm getting okay. there um so this is so you have the all-consuming with the Alabama LSU thing but I've said now three times I think it's gonna be over quick you have narrative with UCLA Oregon. What I what I know to be a fact is that the majority of the country is going to do a either pro or hate watch on Notre Dame because there's really nothing in between up until that LSU Alabama right. game kicks. Yeah. Um and it's perfect scheduling, which I never say. It's perfect <laughs> scheduling between ESPN and CBS in that if the game actually kicks at six fifteen on ESPN and Bama LSU starts seven, some pageantry, like seven ten. Right. That's just enough time to know if Northwestern can pull this off. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna. I think they're I gonna don't, get I don't think they're gonna, think they're but gonna they get they are so good at basically dumbing things down and making stops on passing downs and, and holding you to field goals and then slowing things down to such that even if their offense is terrible, they're down six nothing halfway through the second quarter. So they're uh, Iowa? Well, they're Iowa, they're Michigan State, they're half the freaking conference, but they're go- they're clearly good at it because, I mean, they they dumb things down so much that they could barely beat Rutgers, but they can also beat Michigan State and other teams playing it. And um, so we've seen both sides of the whole dumbing down process, but their defense is good. Um, and Notre Dame, they just had the one offensive glitch against Pitt. Otherwise, you know, the whole Ian Book, Dexter Williams uh, backfield that they yeah. cracked open like a third of the way through the season has been phenomenal. But, I still think Pitt was that moment, and they've they they're so yeah. far past it offensively that it yeah. won't happen again. It is funny because I I basically statistically that was a massively disappointing game and a sign that they're vulnerable. But then after the game, I basically wrote like, "Holy crap! They just passed their biggest test. They beat Pitt with yeah. national, and they had national title uh, intentions, and they beat Pitt, and they beat them despite having a couple failures and a bad turnover and a kick return touchdown." So. Um, I would assume, yeah, I assume Notre Dame handles this one pretty easily, but there's a one in three chance that it gets weird and, and dirty late. Um, is USC going to lose at Oregon State? <laughs> like I, I, this is a perfect week for him to make staff changes because, like, they could make a ton of staff changes and still score 41 points. Um, so I, 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 I bruh, surely not. Right? Surely not. Is bruh, is right. Surely not. Surely they're fine. Bruh is definitely right. Do you think it happens? I'm asking. Straight no, up. No, I think USC wins easily. It, nobody has calculus on this right now. Like how how safe is he? Yeah. What the mindset is? It's just I, I don't know. It is funny when we reach this situation because Lynn Swan this week came out and definitively said we're headed in the right direction. He's our guy. He's fine. And we just immediately like 100 percent of us responds with uh sure. Like we, and I, and with Swan and USC in particular, I might actually take that at face value because they're so different yeah. than a lot of a lot of top tier programs are run. Um, real quick, Boise and BYU. BYU, um, they lost against what we know to be a good Cal team, good mm-hmm. Cal defense at least. Yep. And they were three and one, four and one, three and one, three and one. Three and then one. they started losing football games, and then they got womped by uh, womped. I'm going to use twice now. Womp is the noise that I heard in my ears when I had my nose broken for the second time in a bar fight in college. It's like literally the noise that went through my body. So I always use womped as like a sudden painful um, 
experience. Utah State beat them by 25. They after, lost after that, Washington had beaten them by four touchdowns. Yeah. Yes, and they lost that weird game to Northern that, Illinois. I, yeah, I don't think we even touched it on because huh. it certainly didn't. It didn't make the S and P Plus recap. That's for sure. Well, no, um, yeah, eighty-one versus eighty-two. Just missed out. Uh, all of a sudden, it's hot seat time again. I know. Just like that. And here's the scary thing, though. They're probably going to lose at Boise, and yep. they're going to lose to Utah. Yep. They have UMass and New Mexico State are the other two games. Which, um, I mean, UMass right. going across country to face UMass is always going to be at least a little weird. They're only projected five-point favorite in that one now. But I just sure, want to throw something sure. out. So I just want to throw something out to yeah. you. That's a 6-6 six and six BYU football team. Yep. Virginia could win their division. <laughs> yeah. This is a serious debate out there. Who's right? BYU saying you should be better or Bronco saying, no, there are fundamental system flaws here. We need to change some things. You guys aren't listening. Yeah. And if I, still... I told you six and six before the season, because Grimes, the uh, offensive line coach at LSU mm. came in there. Yeah. And I watched that Arizona game Labor Day uh, on Saturday. Uh, week one was impressed. Beat Wisconsin. Everybody's over the moon. Wisconsin was like a top 10 team Yeah, that week, as we know, means so much. Um, well, they've still only lost like one other time or two other times. One, two. No, two or three. Uh, yeah, they're five and three. So they have, oh, uh, Northwestern this last week. We, lo- we love Wisconsin so much on this podcast that we will um, just disavow a loss. <laughs> love you, baby. Um, hey, what's, what's sad about BYU? Even, I've though? never even been to Scotty. Never been to the state. Never been to, the, oh. never been to Madison. Well, you've missed out. There's um, Have you? God, yeah. My parents used to live there. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's no, – they, I mean, they I, – I, I still I, – I have not been to Camp Randall for a game. I've been in Camp Randall three or four times, but never for a game. Um, yeah. But, no, they – like, anyway, BYU. Um, what's sad is, like, I still – like, Sataki – Satake. I always say Sataki. Um, like, he, he's fielded pretty good defenses still. I mean, hell, they just lost a game scoring seven points or uh, allowing seven points. Uh, mm-hmm. Their defense is 41st. Last year, it was 46. That's not quite as good as, like, the high points of Mendenhall's defenses, but it's still very good or solid. Um, they just – it's the offense again. They are they are back down to 104th. They were 121st last year. They have taken a step forward. Um, they They – I believe benched Tanner Mangum. I think that's still a thing um, for Zach Wilson, a freshman. Uh, so like they've, they've worked some freshmen into like, I, I think if, if he's allowed to stay after this year, which I mean, six and six after last year is still improvement, even though it all came at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think like they could be pointed in, in a decent direction, but that offense, like he made a horrible hire out of the gates offensively. And that's, that's dragged him down and, and making what I think is a better hire has only improved things so much. So that's, it's still a thing, but I assume if he gets to keep his job, they'll improve further next year. So I would assume so there, I mean, th- th- there was not – they didn't have this itchy a trigger finger with Bronco. And, no. I mean, it, well, also, also the other thing is if you make a change, where the hell are you going? Right. I mean, based on what – like you're going to have to go right back to Kenny Amatololo first, which um, – He'll yeah, say no again. Right, he'll say no again, and he, his stock isn't as high. Um, Actually, but, um, I assume he would say no again. Yeah, I would know. assume. They have to call him because if you are going to stick to our head coach has to be of, you know, of the Mormon faith, you've again, 
got about three experienced guys to choose from. So well, I just think Ken's going to tell him, I mean, first off you're, you're now officially as far away from Ty Detmer as you can get. Yeah. Um, I mean that as a, as a quarterback, um, you know, there's oh. no more. Yeah. Sorry. There's, there's no more <laughs> five wide and you're going to be doing, you're going to be doing things Ken's way and that's fine, but they need to know that. And they need to know that um, they're going to have to make some changes. And I just yeah. don't I, look, here's the other thing in, in interviewing Ken a couple of times. Niamatan Olo. I could never hit Lolo. the I, I put too Lolo, many. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I put an N instead of an L every time. But I can spell it. I can type yeah, it. Oh, out yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it, it just um, it flows off the fingertips at this point. It's like Roethlisberger. Um, <laughs> so I think Ken's last, the last thing he wants to do, it's exactly what Bronco just did, to be totally honest. I know Virginia yeah, isn't, actually, isn't yeah, stellar, no, but Ken's not going to trade one incredibly unique set of headaches from a football perspective. Don't get crazy on me. Just talking about the football part. For another incredibly unique set of headaches. <laughs> Why would he do that? Why well, not just stay at Navy? I mean, it could be like a fresh start kind of thing since his um, he's about to have his worst season at Navy. Yeah, but no one at the Naval Academy is even blinking. Well, no, at of him course right not. Now. Of course like, not. But like, I mean, even, if, and guess what? If Army beats him three in a row, they're still not blinking at him. <laughs> right, and they shouldn't. They absolutely shouldn't. I'm so I'm not. Saying well, that. I say that, but I mean, I hope they're not. Jesus. <laughs> well, but I mean, if you're if, if like structurally, if if Ken's looking at the situation and thinking whatever he might be thinking that suddenly he's not sure he can, he can rebound uh, again, or um, he doesn't have enough money to hire the defensive coaches he needs or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm making stuff up, but if, yeah. if, it, if there's a, a, a spot in his brain where he's suddenly doubting his future at Navy, not from a firing perspective, but from a winning 10 or 11 games again, perspective, he might not be, he's probably not, but if he is, then now would be a pretty good time to call him. Um, and you know, maybe you get him a little cheaper, but as far as like, Bronco versus Kalani at the moment, like he, he's, I mean, Broncos had one season of, well, okay. No, I was going to say one season of worse than eight wins. He came in the door and went six and six. Uh, but a, that was improvement after Gary Croton. Um, and then he ripped off a huge set, uh, set of really uh, nice seasons and then started settling in at eight and five. Basically um, he never went four and nine. And six and six that Kalani Satake might be about to undergo would have been his worst season. So um, it's definitely <laughs> Bronco has proven right to some degree, but yeah, we'll see. As we record this, uh, Louisville announces a quarterback transfer. Oh, freshman okay. quarterback. Um, so better find a coach, Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> better find a coach. Also, uh, also I saw just intermittently on college football twitter people responding to the fact that mississippi state fans are mad at joe moorhead you people are so stupid <laughs> god in between like doxing me and accosting my parents at church and you know since most of you have little talk radio and podcasts where you dole out your random redneck conspiracy theories on how we're all in league with some sort of shadow organization run by george soros to keep old miss on top which walk that logic out <laughs> for a second you piddling idiots um it's just this fringe of Mississippi State fans that blow my mind. They really thought, and look, there's an argument to be had if Mullen is there. I think they are a West contender this year. I do. But he's not. And that's not the kind of quarterback that's going to be successful for most of the other coaches. Right? I made this joke on Twitter like a month ago where it was like 2017 was, oh my God, Nick Fitzgerald was only recruited by one other school. Right. And now it's, hey, Nick Fitzgerald was only recruited by one other school. 
<laughs> so no, I and I've keep that I've in ex- mind, morons. I have expressed my surprise, like not even because I am so high on Joe Moorhead. I can't even say like I'm disappointed that he blah blah blah. But I've been surprised that he and his staff haven't been able to fix Nick Fitzgerald either his footwork or the fact that every uh, long bomb he attempts gets never gets more than about 12 feet off the ground uh, and overshoots its target by about 15 yards. Um, the the fact that they haven't been able to fix that and because I mean those he misses two or three deep shots a game that are wide open and if he hits one of them um, they well a they they beat Florida uh, they still lose to Kentucky probably although that game flipped late so if they're ahead early yeah. maybe everything changes blah 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 yeah um, but at the at worst they're six and two right now if he can throw a deep ball. And they're probably um, like 10th in S&P, and they're probably as good as I expected them to be. But he just hasn't come along. And you can, if you want to pin that on the coaching, that's that's fine because you are running guess, an offense man. that requires you to do something that he can't do. And so it's somebody's fault. But Well, still. rather than pass a referendum on a, on a coach after you, know, you just ended a, a decade-long tenure with another one, Maybe wait and not do like three fourths <laughs> of a season with a project quarterback as your as your metric as your barometer. That that's just beyond stupid. But it's something that Mississippi State fans, because they're so short sighted and myopic, that makes total sense that they would do that. Um, What's also funny to me is like I, I get plenty of guff from plenty of fan bases. I like the people from Mississippi State who have noticed me are the good ones. Like I have gotten. The, the ratio of, of the guff. Oh, no, the majority just... of that fan base is awesome. And I, I mean, I can say that having experienced the worst of what they have to offer, but like that's every fan base. Right. I would still argue that there's more assholes in Oxford than there are in Starkville, but <laughs> um, no, it, it, it's just that there's a, the hyper vocal side being disenfranchised with a coach. It just, it really feeds back into the, this has been the year of the angry reaction to a year one coach and i'll work up i'll work up a catchier title than that eventually but like just (laughs) usa today running scott frost buyout like it's just been a a cavalcade of stupid Uh, nothing nothing's gonna top that though well i can't say the year's not over. i don't know year ain't over yet baby i would be surprised if something topped that uh louisiana tech is good they're just sort of plucky in these situations i don't expect them to i mean they scored 21 against lsu yeah, but they're they're athletic defense, enough. Like they always have yeah. athletes, and so that yeah. allows that's them the to compete. That's the beauty of coaching at Louisiana Tech, huh? I mean, that's the beauty of coaching at Louisiana yeah. Tech. Yeah, is that you just kind of come in and get that second and a half layer uh, <laughs> left behind in a state with only one FBS power. I will say, I school. mean, their strengths this year are defensive, though. Um, <laughs> well, it's it's passing. They don't defend the run very well, so that might be yeah. all it takes. Um, and six and two, by the way. Um, not expecting them to beat Mississippi State, but. Uh, Western Kentucky Rice Southern Miss. Yeah. Um, Skip Holtz is going to pop up on somebody's radar, <laughs> especially if the market, especially if the supply side of the market is lower than, which is right. what we expect it to be. Skip Holtz is going to pop up on somebody's radar. Well, that, that that's good. That allows me to make my annual plaintive cry of never leave, never leave Louisiana Tech. Skip, you're doing really well there. Why? Just because Dooley ate the curb. Well, no, just because because Skip ate the curb um, the last time he jumped up in competition, uh, and he's. I just think that he wasn't meant for Florida. Like I don't think that yeah. culture fit him. Well, sure, but also I I like that he's really good, and I like the thought of stability at Louisiana Tech. So, yeah, well, Louisiana Tech's gonna be fine. They're gonna be fine. The next yeah. guy they hire will be just as good. Um, uh, may, uh, or although good, I or will say this, or they're they, do a bad hire. Um. 
They they might be do a bad hire, but I'm gonna be honest with you. It's such a it's such an appealing destination for a weird combination of factors. The same combination of factors makes it hard to be you know G5 elite or what have you. Mm. But I mean, it's Skip turned it into a halfway house and it's worked out <laughs> well for him. And then we I will say maybe they maybe they have snake bit their coaches. Let me pull up the because obviously we know what happened to Sonny Dykes. We know what happened right. to Derek Dooley. Um, Before that was Jack Bicknell. Uh, yeah, yeah, so Jack. Man, it's like a trivia question there. <laughs> um, and he was actually fired. Um, Gary Croton. Gary Croton. Yeah. Right. He goes to he goes back to BYU and has one good year and then bombs. Yeah. Just saying. The, the tech jinx. Just saying. Um, maybe there's a tech jinx in in, in effect. Um, I don't know if you can call it a tech jinx though, just because Holtz would, you know having gone and, and kind of zigzagged on the path. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they can make another really good hire. I think they're going to be fine. I, don't, I also think they should play ULM every year in the Independence Bowl. Get off and, they, and they won't, yeah. I know. I love I love making that comment. ULM, by the way, I didn't realize this. I had, I'd forgotten about the divisions yeah, and the fact boy. that Arkansas State kind of stinks this year all of a sudden. They're yeah. one and three in conference. ULM currently tied for the lead in the in the Sun Belt whatever, West, I guess. Hey, guess who they're playing this weekend because we didn't do Georgia Arkansas. Southern. Georgia, so, MF and Southern. And so they soon uh, won't be uh, in the lead I'm, in the Sun Belt West. So I had to say it I've while some, I could. I've got some people that are going to be at that game. On 50, both sides. They, let's see. They have a 46% chance of, of reaching a bowl. Or damn Hawks. If you ever had a ULM game, there's a, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, went to high school with my wife. God, we've gone long again. My goodness. He runs one of the most amazing spreads that you'll ever see. And he will feed you and house you and, and hand you amazing food and beer. And it's easy to find people at the ULM tailgate because it's very uh, small. <laughs> but his name is Clint Thibodeau. What a great Louisiana name. Hell um, yeah. Just walk around and ask for him. Tell him I sent you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, bargain bin real fast. And we got to get the hell yeah, out of here. Yeah, like, seriously. This is crazy. There is a Hawaii game at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Central, but on it's on stadium, stadium so it didn't yeah. show up. Um, I knew that. Uh, UTSA, UAB, that's going to be another win for UAB. That's on BN. Um, I don't think there's a streaming component there. That's at 6.30, by the way, so ain't nobody going to watch. Um, let's see what else we got in the bargain bin. Uh, Troy and ULL on plus. And what time is the Georgia Southern game? 2 o'clock on ESPN3, which means you, you'll get a free stream, but it's not on any actual network. Mm. And you see anything else? It's pretty thin. Um, yeah, if you're, FAU, if you're really, FIU. I mean, FAU, FIU. If, yeah, if you care stadium, about a rivalry, but it's at the wrong time. Stadium. Yeah. Uh, early, like if you're really searching out early, if you're if you're just basically saying like this all stinks, give me something weird for the early shift. Uh, Florida A and M at Howard. Florida A and M's un, unbeaten in the MIAC, and I think Howard's still decent. So that's uh, that 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 has celebration bowl implications. All right, that's it. Have your good football. We'll see you Sunday night. Yep.